perception and reception. Sounds misrepresenting you. Today, I've got an incredible case study for you about shifting out a few sounds, lining up the experience we wanted listeners to have, and that resulting in $150,000 commission and so much more. I think you're going to like this episode, and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. Today, I want to talk about a case study of misrepresentation. You've heard me talk a lot about your sound is misrepresenting you. And I want to break this down according to one of my students today, case study. I have his permission to talk about this. Quick reminder, last free training of the year, captivatetheroom.com forward slash voice dash experience. The link is in the show notes. Let's find out what sounds are causing you to leave people behind, costing you money, causing you to not be able to get the promotion, the team to take the action you need them to take. I'm going to be focusing specifically in this training, and it is interactive. Of course, I'm doing hot seat. What is keeping you from sounding like the authority? What is keeping you from scooping up everything you want as fast as you want it, because your voice is instrumental in that. Your voice, according to my newest data, is playing a huge role. I've always known this, but data, again, huge role in what you're drawing into you. If you don't have certain things that you want, the first place I would start looking is in your voice Are there sounds in your voice that are repelling people that are telling people you are not the authority or the expert? That's what we're going to be covering. And you know, I just got to do some of this live on stage at BBD Live. James asked me to come and and speak and do a bit mind-bending. In minutes, people sounded like the authority that they were. I don't want you to miss it. It's the last one of the year. You're going to need your voice going into 2024 like you never have needed it. I mean, more than ever. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a voice coach. All right, captivattheroom.com forward slash voice dash experience. Now, I have spoken about this person before in random little snippets along the way, because I think this is one of the many powerful case studies that I have. I There's probably a half a dozen go-tos that I refer to, but this one is really about misrepresentation of sound 
and a core fear that so many of my people have. I find this to be more true in the corporate space than in the entrepreneurial space, but only slightly. As I track the data, I see this is quite common among many of my people in the corporate world, especially new people. Now, new people might mean you're new to the company. You're new to the industry. I was always in this and now I'm coming over to this. I was always in this field, but now I'm coming over here and your processes are different. But new can also mean right out of college or just a year or two, very, very limited time and experience under your belt. And that is exactly what the situation was with the person I'm going to do this case study on today. Fresh out of college, and I see this a lot with my fresh out of college, but I see it in all those other scenarios as well. We have a tremendous fear of not having the answers to the questions we think they're going to ask. And I will say to people all the time, I'll ask them a question and I'll say, did you, do you ever spend a whole Sunday thinking about what they might ask you and what you might say? And they will literally say yes. This will happen in conflict. This will happen in critical conversations. I've got managers that will play this thing out over and over and over and over and over and over before they have the conversation with challenging employee, which is going to be one of my case studies. That's what he was doing. The context of where we started working on specific sounds and what they were costing him were was in cold calling. Now, you've heard me talk about sounds are misrepresenting you. And what I mean by that is you think you're doing one thing and we are hearing something else. Perception, reception. I'm actually doing a, an entire episode on why you don't like your voice, especially in a recording, that I really break all this down. But I've talked about perception, reception for years. I think I'm sounding like this, but I'm really sounding like this. What I perceive versus what they're receiving every single time is different. I have recently, in the last, I don't know, seven years, added in the third component of the triangle, which is what do I want them to receive? I believe that what do I want them to receive is the true version of you. I believe that is really in you, but we have to pull away all the layers of all the noise of all the insecurities and wounds that are creating sounds that are misrepresenting you. And it is in those top six layers, you know, I've talked about the seven layers of sound in those top six layers are the insecurities, are the fears, are the voice stories, where you're working from, character traits, voice masks. All of those things are in those top six layers and they are creating sounds that are misrepresenting you. You have blind spots to this, which is why it's always frustrating to me when people say when when maybe they come to a free training and it's not that they're not buying it's that 
They walk away going, yeah, okay, I got it. And they don't because we have blind spots. And I want you to know that your subconscious aids and abets those blind spots, at least in psychology of the voice. So this perception that I have a lower range, this perception that I sound very interesting, this perception that I sound like I'm speaking slower or faster or whatever it is, it could be a million different things, is the subconscious playing into that because the subconscious actually doesn't want you to be heard. Why? Because if you're heard, you could be judged. The subconscious doesn't want you to be judged. Subconscious protecting your heart. Voice is the orchestra of the heart. And this is the core of psychology of the voice. So if I think I have a more solid sound or I think I sound interesting, then I'm not going to try to be more expressive. So the subconscious is going, you are really sounding interesting today. You are really captivating. Boy, you've got a lot of movement in your voice. And I'm over here hearing, receiving banana, 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 banana. There's no movement. It's just a flat line. Which, by the way, I think it's super interesting that the subconscious is protecting your heart. Your voice is the orchestra of your heart. Have you ever heard the term flatline? Flatline is when you're hooked to the heart machine and your heart stops beating. When you are not connected to your heart, when you use your voice, you flatline vocally. And this is really the biggest way for you to see this perception reception and what you want them to hear. Well, I thought I sounded more interesting, Tracy, when I played it back. Well, you don't. Okay, so we have to line up this perception reception and we have to know that we've got blind spots and we have to know that the subconscious is actually tricking us. We can no longer trust what's in our mind. We have to trust what's in our body. That's a different episode. I'll talk about that some other time. So this young man felt like, well, he already had some hangups. He already had some voice stories that said, you're right out of college. You're in the room with people that have been doing this longer than you've been alive. Nobody's going to buy from you. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to believe you know anything. Lies of the mind. Do you see how the subconscious was feeding him all of that, creating voice stories to keep him safe? And the truth is, it's not 100% true. Sure, it's true that he's in the room with people that have been doing this longer than he's been alive. That's true. But it's also true that he knows some things, predominantly more than me about his subject matter. This is the piece that, that the subconscious doesn't want you to remember. You may not know everything about banking or medicine or insurance or whatever, but you sure know more than me. So we have to reframe all the internal dialogue. We have to reframe those voice stories and where we are working from. Now, so he had all that noise. He was absolutely focused on not knowing the answers. 
he had convinced himself, his subconscious had aided and abetted, you're not going to know the answer. They're going to ask you something and you're not going to know the answer. So he felt like he was going into this mode of needing to prove that he knew when he knew that he didn't. This was a tactic. This was a voice mask that he picked up. And see, it's these thoughts like, I need to prove that I know what I'm talking about, even though I know I don't know what I'm talking about, that becomes this mask, that becomes this story, that becomes this sound that misrepresents you. Just going back to the flatlining, you might have a story and a habit that says, I have to get these words right. If I get these words right, they'll buy from me. They'll think I know what I'm talking about. And what happens in that tactic is you actually create a sound that doesn't sound like you know what you're talking about at all. It might be tentative. It might be asking for permission. It might be, it could be any sound, but it is never the sound that says what the tactic says it will say. The tactic says, if you get these words right, you're going to sound really intelligent and they're going to think you know a lot about this and they're going to think you're the expert and they're going to buy from you. When really the tactic creates a tentativeness of not really sounding like I know at all what I'm talking about. So if you've heard the episode that I did on, I'm not sure if it's rolled out yet, but I did an episode on show me the data. This is one of the ways that you can start listening to the people that don't really have the depth of what you're talking about, of what you want to learn from them. And again, here, depth becomes an issue. Does this young man have to have all the depth? Like what I have? No. But does he have to work from the depth that he does have? Yes. And that is different from, I'm just throwing some stuff out here because I know it worked for him, or I know it worked for them, or I've got to be what you want me to be. Or as long as I can really wow you on the surface, we're good. No. He was going to a place of needing to prove that he knew what they wanted him to know and he didn't know it. So he would go into this brace mode, worried about what they were going to ask. A lot of the people I work with, they're in brace mode. I can hear it instantly. And he was focusing on not knowing the answer and what he would say. That's a lot. That right there, needing to prove that he knew what he that he that he knew something, he knew he didn't know something, braced for what they would ask, focused on knowing the answer and what he would say, even though he didn't know the answer or he didn't know the questions. That is a lot. And that is why I'll say to people when they get here, I'll say, God, this sounds exhausting. And they say, It is. I'm exhausted. And here's the thing. One thing for sure, he was making it all about him. And when I work with my students, I will talk about horse blinders. And I like people to put on their horse blinders. And I use it in a lot of, a lot of context, 
But if you've ever watched horses race, they put these blinders on them. They know horses are on either side of them. They can smell them. They can hear them. They can feel the dirt and the sweat. They All of it, but they're focused on what is in front of them. And that is a game changer. If I am obsessed with how I'm doing and am I going to get this right? And what, what are you going to ask me? And am I going to know? And all this la, 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 I got to pour into you. Because if I, the, it's, the second I start making it about me, I am not going to be received the way my perception says I want to be received. Or my perception says I'm being received. That all of that that he was doing was creating a sound. And I instantly detected the sound. And the sound is the cover up. The sound is the protection. The sound is the misrepresentation. So he had the sound of arrogance. And that was a problem because he's in the room with people that have been doing this longer than he's been alive. And here he comes sounding arrogant. Now, here's the thing. And this is what drives me crazy about the whole thing. He's not arrogant. He wasn't even trying to be arrogant. He was probably floored when I said, you're coming across arrogant. Probably devastated. He's one of the most likable humans I've ever met. And I don't say that to everybody. But it was clear that his vocal superpower, and everybody's got a vocal superpower. Nobody uses it. Most people don't use it. Most people see it as a weakness or don't even think about it or certainly don't even have never thought from the perspective of, huh, I wonder what my vocal superpower is. His vocal superpower was likability. And he was really able to to make people at ease and feel comfortable and feel like he had their back. Just real likable, very trustworthy. Now, that is not the end all be all anymore. No like and trust, as you've heard me talk about over the last couple of episodes, that that's not enough anymore. But there's a likability about him that you just like him. And I was working with him on getting him to stop working from what he didn't know, to stop deciding how it was going to all go down, to stop deciding all of these. There are many, many pieces of the framework of the foundation of where we are working from. You've been hearing me talk about we had to shift the foundation. We have to shift the foundation. And when we do, we catapult into the next realm. Well, we shifted his foundation in one session and I got him working from that vocal superpower. And now he didn't sound arrogant anymore. Now the magic happened. They liked him. They were able to connect with him. They had a good feeling about him. It's a different frequency than arrogance. Likeability is a different frequency than arrogance. And frequency, you're going to start hearing me talk about this more. I am going to feel your frequency. This plays into connection. And if I'm feeling a repellent frequency like arrogance, remember that's brushing up against my aversions and it is over. 
this is why the sound of arrogance had to go for him because it was misrepresenting him. And some of these people in the room were going, that guy's arrogant. They weren't feeling the vibration of the experience that they wanted to have, which was, I really like this guy. I hope he can help us. I really like this guy. I hope he can take care of us. I really like this guy. I feel like no matter what happens, he's got our back, which is what we wanted them to feel in this scenario. What you put out in that frequency, even if it's a sound misrepresenting you, is going to deliver something back to you. And in this scenario, he was delivering the sound of arrogance unbeknownst to him until I told him. Perception, reception. It was a certain frequency and it was getting him a certain result. And you know what that result was? People weren't scheduling meetings. People weren't buying. People weren't having conversations with him to get to the point of the desire to have a conversation about working together. And so your frequency and what you are putting out, what you what is being received that you aren't aware of is probably what's costing you with the team, with the family, with the sales, with all the things that you're doing. I told a story, a while, one of the most recent episodes about a man that was struggling with his daughter. The frequency that he was putting out in all of the orchestration of all of the tactics that he was plugging in to try to get the result that he wanted was costing him everything. She was picking up a sound. She was picking up a frequency that said, I don't believe you can do it. What you put out in your voice is going to create the life you have. And that's a bold statement. And it's, you know me, quantified. So we got him working into this. We got him working in this place from this superpower. And he was not, he just wasn't booking the calls. He just wasn't. The way their process works is they do a cold call and then they have an initial call. Then they gather information and then they basically do a presentation saying, this is what we can do for you. His role initially was to do these cold calls and get these initial calls booked. And he, and he wasn't. And it was it was quite frustrating to him. And so we moved him. I moved him into this vocal superpower, eradicated that sound of arrogance, got him working from the right place, shifted some of those voice stories, rewrote, eradicated some, rewrote others, moved sound out of his muscle memory so that those sounds would not be there. I got him not working from the place of the fear or the wound, or I'm afraid they're going to all of that stuff that we talked about. I'm afraid they're, they're going to think I don't know what I'm talking about. All of that's coming from an insecurity. All of it's coming from a wound. Now he was coming from humility and authenticity and the ability to let the people connect with him. And he was no longer braced with the fear of looking stupid when he didn't know and losing the deal because he might not know. None of that was true to begin with. 
He started trusting that he would know. He started trusting and working from what he did know. He started making it about connection rather than proving and self-serving. He changed the motive. And what happened next surprised even me. I was speaking at a conference. It was a, not a conference, a mastermind with someone that gets sends me a lot of referrals. He loves my work and he sends me a lot of referrals. And all of these people know each other and they knew this young man. Well, they knew of this young man, but the story happened at dinner. And they were talking about a young man that just got a $150,000 commission. And then they looked at me and they said, are you working with him? And I said, who is it? And they told me, and I said, yeah, I am. And it was in that moment that I knew moving him into that vocal superpower and lining up perception, reception, and what he wanted them to hear changed everything. And so I immediately emailed him. I'm like, I got to I got to go back to my room. I emailed him and I said, I just heard about this thing. Tell me, do you think what we did from a voice perspective played a role in this? And without missing a beat, he said, absolutely. And then I asked him again the next time he was in front of me. I said, now you don't have to, you're not helping me or making me feel better if you go, no, I really don't, Tracy. I think it was a fluke. I think it was this. I think it was that. He said, no, hands down. You got me out of that outcome. And we shifted this, 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 and this, and we plugged in this. That is a hundred percent a big part of how I did that. Yeah. There were other stars that were aligned. There always are. And I will never say voice is responsible for the whole deal, but I will say voice can be responsible for losing the whole deal because I've just had too many people lose too many deals. People that I've worked with and that's why they came here and people that I didn't pay, people that you didn't pay. And you may not have even known why in the moment, but after the fact, after listening to this episode, you did not like their frequency. It did not create the experience you wanted it to create. It was simple. And he had been doing all the things. But that one sound was a sound that was a repellent to those people. What would set him apart? And that was a question. That's a question I ask my people. What is it that's going to set you apart from all the other cold callers, all the other applicants, all the other managers, all the other people in your field selling the same thing that everybody else is selling? It is your frequency that fully represents the best version of you, your truest authenticity, your voice of one. We hear it. We feel it. We know it on the subconscious level and sometimes on the conscious level. So what are we receiving in your voice? That's what I want you to think about. All right, that's it for today. I'm going to stop right here. Thanks for being with me.
Make sure you go to CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash virtual retreat. Let's find out what your vocal superpower is. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Captivate The Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 